True Crime Army, I have decided to come out of maternity leave for a split second to check on you, to see how you're doing. Lately, it seems like that question, how are you doing, can trigger so many different emotions. Fine. Fine no longer keeps people at bay. People really want to know how you're doing. How are you as a veteran doing? How are you as a currently serving service member doing? How are you as a military spouse doing? How are you as a military mom, military dad, military brat really doing? Just a few days ago, a devastating suicide bomb outside of the Kabul International Airport killed close to 200 people. Among those, 13 military members, and there were at least 18 U.S. troops injured in the same blast. You know, as a lawyer and as a podcaster, I am never out of words. But this week, I found myself at a loss. And then as I scrolled through Instagram, I found it, the words. But they weren't my words. They were someone else's words. But it's exactly what I felt in my heart and my soul. But someone else said it first and they said it best. And I'd like to share those words with you today to see, I don't know, if maybe that's how you felt this week after learning of The Fallen 13. I asked the author for permission. And you may recall I had an open conversation with her not too long ago on the show, Barbara Allen. She's a mother, a gold star wife, an entrepreneur, an author. She gave me permission to share her words, and here they are. Quote, 13 doorbells are ringing today. 13 flags will be folded. 13 pairs of trembling hands will soon accept those flags beside the grave of their husband or wife or son or daughter who lost their life in Afghanistan today. 13 families will never be the same, ever. Thoughts and prayers feel insignificant to offer right now, but that's all we have to offer the families whose worst fears have been realized today. How many other families are frantically awaiting word of their Marine or other service member? How many face years of treatment and healing? How many people are feeling guilty for being relieved that their doorbell did not ring today, even as they attempt to comfort someone who's did? I wish I could believe it was unavoidable, but I do not. May the angels who escorted our heroes to God's arms return again today to shine some light and grace on the shattered souls left behind. And may we all hug the people we love just a little bit harder today. End quote. Thank you so much, Barb, for allowing me to share those words, your words, with my True Crime Army. True Crime Army, I put together this episode to pay tribute to the Fallen 13, our military service members who tragically lost their life protecting the lives of others, because that's what military people do. They serve and protect. If I could just share one of my mantras from when I was deployed. You see, when I found myself in Afghanistan nine years ago, my mantra going outside the wire was always, God, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. And saying those words, those few words to myself, they really helped me to be at peace. When I heard about the suicide bombings and I heard that we lost 10 and then 11 and then 12 and then 13 service members, I wondered, 
How many of them also said that mantra that morning as they got ready? And then, as I thought that, panic set in as I realized that it had been over a year since I had heard of us losing any service members in Iraq or Afghanistan. And then it hit me that it had been a long time since we had lost this many brothers and sisters in one day. And then the feelings, those feelings hit me. I was sad. I was anxious. I was mad. I was furious. But none of those feelings made anything better. And then curiosity took over. I wanted to know every last thing about every last one of my brothers and sisters who lost their lives to save others. And I Googled and I Googled and I Googled and I got bits and pieces and bits and pieces from a few places. And then finally, the DOD released the list. And then I saw their pictures. And then I read and I read and I read about the Fallen 13. And then I realized that if you're anything like me, you may have done the same exact thing. And then I personally grieved for the Fallen 13. I didn't know them and they didn't know me, but you know, I felt like I did know them. And if I would have bumped into them in a bar or a church or an amusement park years from now, we may have bonded over our time in the military, but these are veterans that I will never get to meet. If you're anything like me and you're curious about the Fallen 13, I've put this episode together to tell you what I've learned about them. And these are literal snippets of their lives as shared by their friends and families and coworkers to newspapers while they were grieving. Listen, I don't want to diminish their entire lives to these few sentences, but we can just see a glimpse of who they were. And maybe we can process our own grief for the lives of our brothers and sisters that we never met, but who we will never forget. These are our fallen 13, as disclosed by the Department of Defense. All of our male Marines were assigned to the 2nd Battalion, 1st Marine Regiment, 1st Marine Division, 1 Marine Expeditionary Force at Camp Pendleton, California. Staff Sergeant Darren T. Hoover was 31 years old of Salt Lake City, Utah. According to Darren's father, Darren told his father that he wanted to join the military soon after 9-11 when he was just a boy. Darren played football in school, and after he graduated from high school, he made good on his promise and joined the Marines at only 19 years old, and he spent the last 11 years in the Marines. Darren was actually on his third tour of duty in Afghanistan, and of the fallen 13, he was the oldest. According to CNN, Darren was engaged to be married. Sergeant Joanne Rosario was 25 years old of Lawrence, Massachusetts. She was a part of the 5th Marine Expeditionary Brigade Naval Support Activity in Bahrain. Joanne graduated from Lawrence High School where she was a JROTC participant. Joanne attended Bridgewater State University for one semester before committing to the Marines. Joanne was a member of her brigade's female engagement team, and in that vein, she was screening women and children at the Abbey Gate when the attack took place. Sergeant Nicole L. G., or Gee, she was 23 years old, of Sacramento, California. 
she was a member of the Combat Logistics Battalion 24, 24th Marine Expeditionary Unit, 2nd Marine Expeditionary Force at Camp Lejeune in North Carolina. Nicole graduated from Oakmont High School in 2016. While in school, she enjoyed softball. Nicole was married to a fellow Marine, Jared. She joined the Marines less than a year before her death, and she had actually only recently been promoted to sergeant. A few days before her death, she posted a picture on Instagram holding an Afghan child, and the caption read, quote, I love my job, end quote. Corporal Hunter Lopez was 22 years old of Indio, California. Hunter comes from a family of selfless people. His mother is the Riverside Deputy Sheriff Alicia, and his father is Riverside Captain Irman Lopez. Hunter wanted to be like his parents, and he planned on becoming a sheriff's deputy when he was done with the Marines. Corporal Dagan W. Page, 23 years old, of Omaha, Nebraska. Dagan graduated from Millard South High School. He was a Boy Scout by trade and he loved the outdoors. He hailed from a large family as one of five kids. Corporal Umberto A. Sanchez was 22 years old of Logansport, Indiana. Umberto graduated from Logansport High School in 2017 and he was a soccer player. Corporal David L. Espinoza was 20 years old of Rio Bravo, Texas. David went to high school in Laredo. He had been stationed in Jordan for two years before he went to Afghanistan. Corporal Jared M. Schmitz was 20 years old of St. Charles, Missouri. According to Jared's dad, Jared was stationed in Jordan and then two weeks before his death, he was sent to Afghanistan to assist. His father remembers that Jared always wanted to be a Marine. And Jared was very close to his nine-year-old sister who has special needs. Corporal Riley J. McCollum was 20 years old of Jackson, Wyoming. Riley was a 2019 graduate of Summit Innovation School. Riley was married and to top it off, his wife is 36 weeks pregnant. Riley was also stationed in Jordan before being sent to Afghanistan to help with the evacuation. His father told reporters that he used to always look on Facebook for the green little dot next to his son's name, just to make sure that his son was okay. But according to the New York Times, after Riley's dad heard that 13 service members had been killed, he went straight to Facebook and sent his son a message. But Riley never responded. And before his father was ever notified, he said he knew. After leaving the Marines, Riley hoped to be a history teacher and a wrestling coach. Corporal Dylan R. Marola was 20 years old of Rancho Cucamonga, California. Dylan was another Marine that hadn't been in Afghanistan very long. Apparently, he was only there for about a week, according to his mother. He graduated from Los Osos High School where he was into theater, or at least it seemed that he liked working behind the scenes, and he was actually planning on going to school for engineering. Corporal Kareem M. Nikui was 20 years old of Norco, California. Kareem graduated from Norco High School, and he was a member of the junior ROTC program while in high school. According to the New York Times, he was also a martial arts champion. As reported by the Daily Beast, early the morning of the attacks, 
Kareem's father heard about the attack and he knew his son was at the airport. So that day, his father, Steve, stayed home from work, glued to the television. Then he saw the Marines walk to his door. What? How could this be? He had just gotten a picture from his son the day before, and the picture was of Kareem giving candy to Afghan kids. Steve told the Daily Mail that the Marines who delivered the news were more choked up than he was, and it's a true testament of who his son really was. According to Steve, because Kareem was stationed close to home, when he'd go home for the holidays, he always brought a handful of Marines for a warm, home-cooked meal. Navy hospitalman Maxton W. Soviak was 22 years old of Berlin Heights, Ohio. He was a member of the 1st Marine Regiment, 1st Marine Division at Camp Pendleton, California. According to CNN, Max was one of 13 kids. CBS News reported that Maxton graduated from Edison High School, and while in high school, he played football. According to his football coach, Max was a great guy who loved life. He enlisted in the Navy right out of high school. Max has a sister named Marilyn, and according to the Daily Mail, she wrote a message on Instagram, and it stated, quote, My beautiful, intelligent, beat to the sound of his own drum, annoying, charming baby brother was killed yesterday, helping to save lives, end quote. Reuters reported that Max's last Instagram post from June 10th this year was foreboding. Max wrote, quote, it's kill or be killed. Definitely trying to be on the kill side, end quote. And our last member of the Fallen 13 is Army Staff Sergeant Ryan C. Noss, 23 years old of Corriton, Tennessee. He was a member of the 9th SIOP Battalion, 8th SIOP Group, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. According to CBS News, Ryan graduated from Gibbs High School and then enlisted in the Army. He had only been in Afghanistan for a week before his death, but that wasn't his first time in Afghanistan. That was actually his second tour. He had spent nine months there before. According to the New York Times, Ryan had been in the Army for five years and he will be buried at the Arlington National Cemetery. These are our Fallen 13. In addition to those we lost, there are 18 other U.S. troops who were injured and are currently recovering. And listen, the number of Afghans who were killed is in the triple digits. True Crime Army, thank you so much for joining me for this tribute to the Fallen 13 and all of those who have lost their lives in war. My heart goes out to the families of those who are no longer with us. If you are a veteran who needs to chat with someone about how you're feeling, or if you are concerned for a veteran that you believe might need help during these trying times, please contact the Veterans Crisis Line for help, and their number is 1-800-273-8255. Sometimes all you need to do is talk, and the Veterans Crisis Line is there for you. So listen, everyone, I leave you with this question. How are you doing?